Welcome to the Retirement Clinic with your host, Jeff Kowal, from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialists. Good morning and welcome. It's WISN, the Retirement Clinic, every Saturday, hosted by the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist, and today, Aaron Kowal, President Aaron Kowal. Good morning, <laughs> sir. Good morning, Paul. How are you? Fantastic. Your father, Jeff, the founder, was on last week. Fantastic show. And, you know, we were talking before the program. to follow up on that because the shows are so good. Uh, you, you do a fine job. You don't want to compete <laughs> with your dad. You right. don't want to get into I that. Mean, sometimes it's a little fun. <laughs> as long as it's okay with you guys, yeah. I'm okay with it. Yeah. I, I love the show because I was talking, we have a guest today with your guest before the program about how you guys rotate in different guests on the show and we vary the topic up. But yeah. it all comes down to retirement. At the end of the day, it's what you do at the Kowal Investment Group. Yeah, absolutely. It's all about retirement. Um, you know, As you know, Paul, I, I work with a lot of business owners um, through transitions and through uh, growing the business, and so we have a first-time guest today. Um, you know, and and I really strongly believe in coaching. So we were talking before the show, like, how do I introduce Matthias here? We have Matthias Bolmus. He is uh, our business coach. I believe in coaching, and everybody can improve. So uh, I'm not so arrogant to think that I know everything about everything about how to make my business efficient, uh, productive, how to help our people make make help them through their career tracks, how to help our people. So we wanted to bring in uh, some coaching. So we have Matthias Bolmus here. He's our fir a first-time guest uh, for the show. But um, Matthias, why don't you kind of introduce yourself, talk a little bit about where where you're from, what you do, how, and how you help people. Sure. Thank you. Uh, good morning, Paul. Good morning, Aaron. Good morning, um, Matthias. excited to be here. Thanks for having me. Um, so born and raised in West Germany. Uh, I am not a native of this great state, although I've been here for 22 years. And Goodness, you still almost haven't lost the German accent for some reason. Well, I don't want to, you know, ask what how old you are, but if you spent longer, <laughs> longer time in the U.S. than over in Germany, uh, almost yes, uh, yes, yeah, so right it's getting there. there. Um, and, so you didn't uh, come in just for this show. Just for the show. Right, I flew yeah. in this morning, and I'm going to leave this afternoon. The jet um, lag is terrible. That's horrible. Yeah, no, but I've uh, you know I I came from uh, you know born and raised in West Germany, and I came to the United States in the mid '90s to really pursue my dream of drumming and being a musician. Uh, Paul, we talked about this before. Yes, a fellow drummer. Yeah, so yeah, we yeah. both are living Plan B to the fullest right now. And, and <laughs> hey, if I you know I'm sure you'd agree if you could be out there on tour playing. You probably would be. Yeah, probably. Don't tell my wife. Um, <laughs> yeah. Now she'd be very supportive. But uh, so I came to the United States um, as a musician first, and then uh, met my now wife, and decided I probably need to pursue a career that has a little bit more uh, hope of of great success, if you yeah. will. I mean, right. luck is you know uh, is something you really need in the, in the music business. So. I came to the uh, United States full-time, uh, Waukesha of all places, because my wife is from Wisconsin and because Carroll University offered me uh, just a really fantastic scholarship, so I wouldn't be here without them. And, uh, you know, I so I, I was uh, a little older in life, went to university, loved every part of it, then was hired by um, um, an alum the day after graduation, basically, and I spent five years in financial services, of all things. Mm -hmm. So that was the wild, wild 2002 through 2007 when, uh, f you know, 
mortgages and refinancing and financing in general was all over the place. Yeah. What a great crash course in literal you know, crash course. real life business experience. Uh, that was crazy. Uh, then I spent, after that, I spent eight years uh, teaching at Carroll University, which was just an amazing experience. Uh, I really, I think I learned this idea of you don't really understand a subject matter until you've tried to teach other people. So humbling, because, mm -hmm. you know, I would come in and say, well, this is how it is. And everyone's like, we don't have a clue what you're talking about. Uh, so I needed to really <laughs> think about how to explain accounting and finance and, you know, strategy, that kind of stuff, which was difficult, but good for me. I like how Aaron introduced you that you said, Aaron, I, I'm not so arrogant to think I don't need a coach. I immediately thought of because it is Packers season. We saw the goat and Aaron Rodgers go at it. And the Packers mm -hmm. luckily, you know, last weekend oh, came yeah. back away with a victory. Aaron Rodgers has a quarterback's coach. Tom Brady has a quarterback's coach. They're, you know, the greatest ever to play the game, right? Yeah, Tiger Woods has a coach. Of course you he know, does, because it's a second set of eyes, somebody to remind you and change things up. So what you said really hit home, Aaron. Everybody, I think, needs coach, teaching, call it what you want. Yeah, yeah, you really you really do. And I think that, you know, and there, there are coaches that work, can work with somebody in any industry there's specific coach i have a coach that i work with i'm actually meeting her tomorrow uh for financial services and just works with financial advisors so um you know i probably overcoached but uh if that's a thing but i do you know i do think that that's that that, that is important there's a lot of lessons to be learned because i you know i didn't go to school to learn how to run a business and how to plan you know, do uh, a vision and mission and values and you know how to uh, who does what and when and I, uh, all these things so um i mean i am you know doing mba and but it's still it's you know it's like like you said until you are doing it mm -hmm. that's the best way to learn it so we wanted to to bring in um you know, matthias uh to to really you know, help us out um, to to get things going, we were already. Go I shouldn't say getting in the right direction, but just getting everything where we needed to be to to take the, the company to the next level. And I thought that his experience would be a great um, lesson for those business owners on uh, that listen to the radio show, and for anybody that can glean some things. Because uh, I think we'll talk about some things today that uh, are for everybody. And so we're, you know, we talked about we're not going to be doing a boss segment, the big business owner business owner savings. And security segment because the whole show is one today. Um, you know, so one of the the things I want to talk about, uh, Matthias, you, know, you talk about a business operating platform. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. If you could do a, a bit of a deep dive or a dive in into sure. that and explain that philosophy and how that that can help a business. Yeah, sure. So. Um I think you pointed it out, right? When you're going through, whether you're a teacher in, in a college setting or in any setting or a student, right? There's always the question, how does it apply to the real world? Mm -hmm. Using my air quotes. Um, and so I was lucky enough that after I was uh, done at Carroll that I, I really worked for a couple more companies and got some more experience. And that's when I tried to combine the theoretical with the you know, real world or the business life. So I, a couple of years, for a couple of years, I was a CFO for a nonprofit. And then I became the director of operation for a construction subcontractor. And in the end, right, what I really so you learned- So went from nonprofit to construction. Well, I went from uh, for-profit business to teaching to nonprofit C 
FO and then for-profit construction, right? And so <laughs> it's very linear if you look at it through my lenses. So hang sure. with me for a okay. moment, right? But I think the beauty here is that uh, what I learned and how I was humbled many, many times is that in the end, it comes down to people and businesses, right? Mm -hmm. So you get people and you understand the basics of your business. And what I was exposed to and what I've learned during that time is this concept of a business operating platform, like you said. So the idea of let's really have some agreements as an organization and let's stick to those, right? So there's a question of discipline. There's a question of really doing the repetitive things that that are actually in the end making you money, right? We're as humans, we're always looking for the next dopamine hit. So we're always looking for, oh, let's try something different. Oh, how about this? And it's destabilizing people. It's frustrating. It's you know, I think there's a risk of burnout. There's another change. And we're changing again and now changing we're changing the shiny. Again. Yeah. Chasing well, the shiny. I'm chasing the shiny. Yeah. Matthias is hitting on something that's I think just huge right here. And if you do too much change for change's sake alone, uh, your employees are going to get frustrated awfully quick. Right. Well, the old way was working. It's like a computer upgrade. Right. I kind of like the way it was. Right. Why are we always changing things? Well, I think we're thinking change is always good, and we always think we have to grow. Yeah. And my question is, change how and why, grow how and why. So have a plan and a reason. Have a plan and a reason and communicate that to everyone, right? I think you you just said it very well. If your employees are always just confronted with the last five minutes of a two-week conversation and all they're hearing is, we're changing everything, it gets very, very exhausting. And that's something that I struggle with. Is my I'm like, I'm chasing that new thing. Hey, let's try this. Let's try this. Let's try this. And you know, sometimes they're, they're good at it. And so one of the things he's helped me build is kind of like a filter. Say, I've got my million good ideas. Let's try to filter out and find... You know, the couple that are really, really... You don't have to use all million, though, Matthias, right? right? No, no, no. Yeah, I mean, I mean, Aaron will have probably 20 ideas a week, and maybe a quarter of one is one that we should discuss further. <laughs> sure. And that's okay, actually. We need people who generate ideas and have really good ideas. But then we have to have a system, and we filter it before we send it out to the masses, And, and right? communicating to your employees is critical. Employee retention, holding on to the good ones. Yeah. And employee f morale, yes. I guess, for lack of a better word, is... Is very important. Yeah, I think as humans, right, we, we're always looking for safety of some form. And sometimes there's safety in not changing anything. So if you're changing anything, you have to explain to me how that's going to make me safer, right? Because at the end of the day, I'm worried about my family and my well-being and making sure I can put food on the table. Aaron, you got dreams. I love it. But, you know, that's not helping me to put food on the table. So if, if there is a if there's a story, if there's a narrative that I understand why he wants to change and what's expected of me, that can be very healthy and people can get excited. But usually I'd say we're not very good at communicating that at the right time in the right way. So there's a lot of work to be done. So then you help businesses put a lot of the the systems in place to to kind of harness that. Keep doing what you've been doing. You know, my dad has a saying uh, that I do. You know, he's got a lot of sayings. Uh, I, I love it. He, but one of his is, if you don't keep doing what got you busy in the first place, you're not going to be busy for long. Yeah. And uh, that's absolute. I find that to be absolutely true. It's just a blocking and tackling that might not be as sexy as you think it is, but that's what got you where you are now. And so it's that and then the incremental changes around that, that that can help you grow your business. And it's not just my business. You know, it's not, you know, it, it, it could be any 
sort of business that why are we well i like what you said paul i like you know this software is the the way i've been using it for for so long why are you changing it now if it, if it works now sometimes change is required matthias sure and we should talk about that maybe there's a middle ground somewhere right if something's not working clearly we must address it i love sports analogies because everybody can relate if you're not if your strategy for the game clearly isn't working, you must change it up and quickly, yep. in-game, in-time. Well, in business, we don't have to do it within three hours. Sometimes. Sometimes we do. I mean, you know, uh, I don't remember what day we shut down for COVID, yeah. but I'll yeah. tell you the day before. I don't know many people were planning on it. Right. I remember I was at a concert at the Fiserv, and we're getting these notifications. Uh, NBA is canceled. NCAA is canceled. I mean, within a two-hour concert, like my entire world. I, I remember that the NBA game that stopped right before tip-off yes. was, to me, very telling. They just called it off. Yep. Uh, was it the Phoenix Suns? I can't remember. And you're really? right. Did any of us expect a full lockdown? Right. And essential employees, and some of us in radio, I was issued a FEMA card. Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, we laugh like <laughs> right. I'm that important. Right. I'm in radio, uh, and then to call some people non-essential is quite insulting, yeah. actually. So usually yeah. we have a little bit more time, right? But I think, you know, very few things are black and white. And for you and I as drummers, um, that's <laughs> not something we'd like to hear, because, right? We either in the pocket or we're not. Um, you know, and you can read music and be one of those session type drummers. Yeah. You can jam and improvise too, yeah. right? But. Uh-huh. I, what I've learned, right, uh, along the way, again, I've learned this the, the hard way. So if I can help others to learn it maybe faster and a little smarter, it'd be great. But um, coming from Germany and just being very black and white and as a drummer, being very black and white. And then I figured out that I like numbers. So accounting finance makes great sense. And the balance sheet needs the balance. It can't just kind of balance, right? Yeah, but it can't be ish. Ish, yeah. right? It but can't be ish. close enough. But we're dealing with people, and nothing is black and white. So to mm-hmm. your point, right, I think the really cool thing that we can do is we can now really talk about the leadership and the clients and the very specific employee personalities that every company has and figure out what's the best way for you to get organized. And your way is going to be different than the one next door, and that's okay. In so, the end, it's about sticking to something, right? It's like a diet. I mean, I'm really good at dieting for about 12 hours. And it's weird that <laughs> That's I why don't, you're sleeping. I, and, it's, yeah, and it's weird that I don't lose 25 pounds. The diet isn't working, right? That's, that's what we're telling ourselves. But, it, just the definition. I mean, diet means at some point you're going to go off of that diet, right? You should. And I've had nutritionists tell me, don't call it a diet because yeah. that implies you're just doing it temporarily and you'll go back to your old ways. Right. So maybe it's a lifestyle change. Maybe it's, we yep. we don't just call it a diet. We say this is how we're going to do it from right. now on. Yeah. Well, and how y- you relate this to retirement planning and coming full circle back to the beginning of the show, the Re- Cowal Investment Group, um, you, you have a culture. You have a lot of employees, a lot of locations. We'll talk about that, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, but you work with Matthias closely, I guess, to kind of hone in on those skills and, and improve, right? You've... 35 years in business, by the way. 35 years. Celebrating it this year at the Cobalt Investment yeah. Group. So congrats. Thank you very much. It's, you know, it, it, it's crazy, uh, but we, we're blessed and, and we have you know, amazing clients. We have, I think, the, I know we have the best team uh, in the business. And so that's why we're, you know, why, why we do what we do is we have, we have the best clients. We have the best 
team and we want to try to help as many people as we can with this fantastic team that we have. And so we want to find ways, how do we make things better for our employees? Because I think that if we make things better for them, we're going to make things, they're going to make it better for our clients. Um, and how do we build, you know, the trust and make, you know, voices heard with, you know, and, and, but then also, um, okay, what's the vision for our company? And, uh, how do we get from from here to there? You know, we we talk about. I think you know a system you use is is pinnacle, and you know it, it, there's different stops. You want to get to the top of the mountain. Uh, as I'm gesturing here, you can't. You know, it's not great for radio, but yeah, you, know, you want to get to the, the the top of the mountain. But there's base camps and there's stops along the way. So how do I identify that? I don't know if you want to get into that a little bit, Matthias. Talk about you know talking about that. Yeah, a bit. Uh, we can do that. So first of all, I I, I think what's really important to note is that. No one in their right mind would ever start a company if they would really understand how difficult it is, you know, to first of all get out of the garage and then be in business for 35 years, right? So we're dealing with people who are just wired differently from the very beginning, and we're celebrating. <laughs> Wait them. a minute, you call? What do you? What yeah, do you say? Yeah, you heard me, <laughs> yeah. right? So we're celebrating that, and at some point we're asking them, okay, now don't be crazy anymore, don't slow down now, and 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 we're asking them to change, and that's almost unfair to ask of them, right? Because we wouldn't be here in the first place if there wouldn't have been a crazy idea in a crazy moment and someone thought, I can do that. So the skills that we're asking of business owners when they first start are very different than the skills we're asking of business owners when they go from a startup or an entrepreneurial company to a mature company. And that's mm-hmm. sometimes where it gets really, really tricky because that craziness that you walk into the garage every morning and you don't know what's going on, that might make you really happy, but it usually doesn't make other people happy. So for us, it's really all about settling things down, understanding who we are, who we want to be, and then come to some agreements of things we're going to keep doing and things we're going to stop doing. And how do we create an environment in which when the business owner is hit by a bus, that the rest of the organization is going to continue for a very, very long time? I think that's a... Because you don't plan on being hit by a bus. I don't think anyone actually wants to talk about that. But no. reality is that the equivalent, whatever the equivalent of that is, happens every single day. And people like Aaron understand that he is accountable for the well-being of X number of employees and their families. So it can't be about him. So putting a team in place and putting structures in place that will allow Kowal to go on for a very, very long time, even if something I don't know if there's wood here to you know bang uh, it's on. Laminate. It's laminate, but you know what I mean. No one, no one wants anything to happen to anyone, but but chances are something will. And how do we can how can we make sure that the business is still there? Because in his case, it's not just about the employees; it's all about the clients. Yes, they need yeah. to know that we're going to be in good hands, even if the unspeakable should happen. Right. And that's so, what we're working on. Yeah, that's what we work on, and that's what we're really you know we talk about businesses. We talk about that with businesses a lot. Is um, making sure that you've got a plan in place if something were to, you know, God forbid, were to happen to you, uh, and that that your family, your family, and your business would be able to continue on even if something um, were were to happen with you. So, Matthias, how do you? So, we want to tie it back to your know, retirement planning, yeah, you know, because you know this is the retirement clinic, um, and uh, I, I think that this is important. It's like, well, why would you talk about this stuff on the retirement clinic? Well. If that allow if something were to happen to you, or you're able to take something and grow your business more because of that, that ultimately would help towards retirement, help your family's retirement goals. 
um, as well. So it's a, it's a holistic thing. It's not saying, you know, it's not just looking at one specific thing, thing like Social Security or Medicare, uh, which is great and definitely needs to be paid attention to. But okay, let's look at the, your 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 whole business and see uh, how do we maximize the value so that you can have. Uh, uh, the retirement that you want. So, Matthias, you come in to a company. Yep. What what what's like the first thing that you do? What what do you do? You, I mean, I know because I went through. Yep. But, yeah. yep. <laughs> but what do you what do you do with that, with with your business owners and with the staff? Then. Yeah. So the first thing really I do is um, I meet with the leadership team, including the ownership, and I'm trying to understand why do they show up every day? What's your purpose? Why do sh- why do you show up for work? Who do you care for? Who do you feel accountable to? And and then I just have a lot of one-on-one conversations first to really get a good sense of who they are and what their plan is. Because, like I said, it's not a one-size-fit-all, right? So I need to understand, for example, Aaron, what is your exit plan, right? What do you want this to be? What, how do you see yourself in 10 years from now? Because I am not someone – I'm not a turnaround specialist. I'm not someone who can come in, pump up the value of the company real quick, and then you sell it. Mm-hmm. Just, that's not what I do. Um, there are people who do that. So – for me, it's all about getting to know the leadership, getting to know the culture of the organization and understanding what their plan is for the future. And then it's all about operationalizing it so that if you would want to retire early, so bringing it back to retirement, yep. you should be able right, to retire and kind of manage the company still from your beach, whatever that is, whether that's up north in the mountains or literally on a beach or wherever you want to go. Retirement doesn't mean you stop working necessarily. Retirement shouldn't mean that I'm not doing anything anymore. So I think it, it did back in the day. It did. To some people, not everybody. But yeah. boy, if we change as a culture, we view retirement as being pretty active. Correct. Right. And so for business owners, I don't know they can, that they can switch it off and say, I just don't care about my business anymore. I think it's about creating a path where they can be less involved in the day-to-day operation, but still understand what's going on and still providing that place for all the employees and the customers to feel safe. Right. What if an owner doesn't want to be less involved? What if they, they love what they're doing? They want to be more involved. You know, you mentioned, you know, start and stop doing. Yeah. Are, does that come into play you know, somewhat? Because starting a business and running a business are different skill sets. What if the owner wants, like my dad's a good example. You know, he started our business and he's going to work at least another 10 years. And you know, which he's not secretive about. He, I mean, he'll work until... God calls well, them home. We, we've talked about it on the show over the years. 21 years of doing the show, and he, he oh loves gosh. what he does, right? Loves it. Yeah. Loves it. So what if you have an owner that does, and not necessarily just financial services, but you know, machine shops or consultants or doctors, lawyers, whatever. Any business. Any business. Um, so I guess how do you what's, – what's the answer to that? Yeah, how do you, you – know, they want to stay involved, maybe not become less involved, but uh, you got to focus them. I think – I think the first thing is, to, uh, you know, let's be honest about what you want as an owner. Uh, I think the one thing that uh, people struggle with in general is if you say something and you do something else. Hey, I'm not going to be around every day and then you're around every day. Or I'm going to be around every day and you're not around. It doesn't matter what it is. If you say one thing and you do the other, it creates confusion. So for the owner to be held accountable, and, you know, that requires a really strong team. So we are working very hard on creating a team that holds everyone, including the owner, accountable and making sure that they do what they said they would do. So it's really sometimes about that discipline. And 
Yeah. Matthias, um, how would you, so if I were to say, here's Matthias, he is a business consultant, business yes. coach, all of the above. All of the you above. You work with all different size companies too? Yep. I mean, uh, so in terms of employees, I have clients um, that have 25 employees. I have clients that have 700 employees. And the industries do not matter at all because in the end, yeah. it's about people in business. And that's the beauty of it, right? If we can crack that code, then we can really create something really special. And, and I, Aaron, as you said, no boss segment. The entire show is about business owners saving security and, and their business, which is sometimes their retirement plan, Aaron. Yeah, right. and, well, a lot of times it's their, the, the business is their biggest uh, asset, and that certainly you need to plan around that. Yeah, and we've talked about succession planning. Yeah. Is it going to the next generation? Are you going to sell? Uh, we'll get into all of that, the do's and don'ts. Some great advice from Matthias. In the opening segment, the Retirement Clinic, step away for a quick break here with your host, Aaron Kowal. Now to reach out to the Kowal Investment Group, which you hear, by the way, I should have mentioned this earlier, Aaron, Monday through yep. Friday, market updates. Yes, volatile markets as of late. You address that every day, 3 p.m., 5 p.m. news blocks, during the Mark Belling Late Afternoon Show, and locations all over southeast Wisconsin. We'll tell you about those later. Here's the best way to reach out. Call them, 262-522-4040, 262-522-4040, or online, thekowalway.com. It's the Retirement Clinic, Saturdays live at 10 a.m. on News Talk 1130 WISN. Back with Aaron Kowal, the retirement clinic continues Saturdays on WISN. Aaron Kowal today with our guest, Matthias. Now, if you notice a slight accent for Matthias, born and raised in Germany. I, I got to be honest with you. It's on my bucket list. I thought he was from Alabama. <laughs> West Germany. The, yes, close. The Autobahn. Yes. Is it what everybody says it is? I don't know. What does everyone say it is? You could just go as fast as you want. Getting in, get in the left lane and just go? Uh, yeah, there are. Yeah, there are places where you can do that. I if you, people you, ask me that all the time. I said yeah. near and on and off ramp, no, not so much. In a valley kind of no, not so much. But yes, when we go over there my kids are super excited. Let's take Opa's car and see how fast it can go. Yes. So yeah, yeah, you can do that. Okay. How fast do you take it? Uh these are the real things we talk about. His car, here. I mean, maybe hundred and ninety kilometers. It doesn't go that far. I okay. mean there are people who are zipping by me when I go one ninety. No kidding. Yeah. What's one ninety in it, yeah, miles per hour. I don't know. Just say fast. Fast, yeah. Okay. I had to ask. I, I own an Audi, so I'd like to. Oh, I can't take German it over machine. There. Yes, you it's should. It's a German machine, yes. and it's a, it's a lovely car. Nice. All right. Um, so great. And he's a drummer, so you've, you got me right there, right? When we, uh, we had a great first segment talking about mm-hmm. a, you're coached up by Matthias, right? Yeah. In a business way. Why do businesses need coaches? And um, part of it is problem solving. It, it really is. And. You know, I I believe that businesses are are their people. It's not always just the owner because you could have a great owner, but if you don't have people that believe in the business owner, believe in the business, you don't you don't have a business. Because if you get people that are leaving or unhappy or talking bad about about you, you know that business I don't think is going to be around for long. I mean, you know, you don't have Jeff Bezos packing up the boxes and sending out all the boxes anymore. He needs people that. That can that can do it, and uh, I mean, you know, and and are are bought in 
on on their job. And so, um, especially as a company is growing, there I think there needs to be a sense of purpose, and you don't always know about it. Um, so, you know, why don't we talk about um, employee disengagement and you know, and turnover too? What's the purpose, and what 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 do you do to combat that? Yeah. So a really interesting question that I like to ask people, right? It's like, why do you work here and not next door? That's that's actually a question that not a lot of people can necessarily answer because they haven't been asked that or they haven't been they haven't been thinking about it. My knee jerk answer would be money. Most people would say, money. Everything's about money. Okay, so if people Paul's answer is the retirement clinic on Saturdays. Paul, Paul, yeah. So, Paul, <laughs> if your answer is for money, then I can hire you away for 50 cents more an hour because that's all that matters to you, which I don't think is actually true. It's, not, it's just it's the go-to, not. right? People think, well, I make money here. Well, you can make money in many different places. Mm-hmm. So I would challenge the leadership right, to really be very transparent about the purpose of the organization and the kind of people that we would like to work with us because that is really important, right? We're spending a lot of time at work. And even when we're not, we're thinking about work. So I'd rather like to think about people I like than people I really can't stand. So what kind of person do you attract and what kind of person do you not want to have in your organization? So I think of that purpose and culture a little bit like gravity, right? When you're transparent about it and when you're clear, it should really attract the right people and it shoot the wrong ones back out in the universe. So... People should have a purpose. They should know why they're getting up in the morning. Otherwise, it's a really long life, and it can get really dark, uh, especially in Wisconsin, where it gets literally dark for <laughs> six months <laughs> at 4.30. No, we're just heading into that. But you know that. what I mean? Then, then well, it's nice having you, David. <laughs> we're talking about depression. We're talking about anxiety, all those kind of things that are actually becoming the employer's problems now because yeah. employees are starting to disengage, and they're not really there full-time, 100%, whatever you want to call it. So attracting the right people is really important. Challenging people to think about what is my purpose? Why do I work at Cowal? Why do I work at XYZ Company? And then reinforcing that and giving them what they need. So that is a way to combat disengagement. And especially in this labor market, you do not want to lose good employees. It's so hard to find them. Employee retention is at the top of the list, I bet. From, for most employers, that's what you know, you'll stay awake at night worrying about. Correct. Keeping the good ones. Correct. I, the business is so good. Most of the companies that I am familiar with could actually generate a lot more revenue if I would have more people. So, okay, let's let's talk about and let's solve that problem, right? And that's when it comes to this employee disengagement is the problem that, okay, I need new people, but I can't lose sight of making sure that the ones who are already here are taken care of what as well. What about the flip side, and that is the employee that's no good? That that can be contagious. We've all worked with somebody that's got a, I don't like it here. Yeah. The grass is greener on the other side of the fence. Yeah. And that can rub off, and all of a sudden, employee kind of, you know, the tide goes down altogether, right? Yeah. So that's not good. Three years ago, I would have said, hire slow, fire fast. Right now, you can't actually afford to hire slow. you got to look at your processes and find a way to speed that up because that person has a meeting with you at 10 in the morning, and at 4 in the afternoon, they have another meeting. So you got six hours sometimes to decide. And hmm. right. So what process do you have in place uh, so that after a two-hour interview, you know if it's the right person or not? I yeah. would challenge you. I know. I have friends that have elaborate hiring processes yep. that it's – it's a multi-meeting. You're on average, they're spending about forty hours with that person before. And they, why do we do that? Well, make sure it's a culture fit, and make sure that the. But, 
but you can't make sure until you're actually there. Correct. Right? right. You can't you can't do that unless somebody's What do you think of that, Matthias? Is forty hours whether it's observing them, lunch, interviews, role playing phone calls and yes. sales processes. Whatever and- it is. But you haven't hired them yet. You're yeah. just in the process. Yeah. Is that over the top? Totally over the top, especially in this market. I would say two to three hours max. Have a one-on-one conversation with them. Have a culture interview. So pick four of your best employees and have them spend an hour together just talking about whatever they want. I'll bring food in. I don't care. Because they're going to come out and tell you, I want this person in the building or I don't. Okay? That's really important. And then you do check the technical references. But I will tell you that after three hours, you've learned what you can learn. To your point, Aaron, you're not going to learn much more until you bring him inside. And then just make sure that you really have a good onboarding process so that you don't just, hey, here's your job. Go ahead. See you in two years. you got to stay involved with them and make sure that you're paying attention to them so that you know whether they're going to work out or not. Has COVID changed things? In that, work from home is now a benefit that many people really almost ask for. And it's a lot harder to care for people when they're remote. Very challenging. Yeah. I don't what do you know- mean care for people? Okay. Uh, that, explain that a little. Are you challenged in your work environment? Do you like what you do? Do you have ideas on how we could do things better? Are you engaged and do you have an outlet? Can you talk to your supervisor? So I want to make sure that all the things that I think an employee needs are actually organizationally in place for you. Yeah, especially, you know, you mentioned who, uh, we got to be done talking about COVID one of these days, but. Yeah, but, uh, but, but there's ramifications there, from yes, what has happened. Is, there's absolutely ramifications. And I was talking to a friend of mine at a, a, a function I was at on Friday. And, you know, this person is saying that they've, they were in office since, uh, you know, it's not an, uh, it's not an industry that they, you know, they're not making physical things, right? Uh, that they, it was, you know, him and like another person, they realized we're the only people that come into the office anymore. And so it's like, well, let's just get rid of this office space and went totally completely remote, which how do you make sure that people are engaged? How do you make sure that they're challenged enough? How do you make sure, I mean, there's, unless you're, you're driving around or flying around to where everybody you know is, you kind of, trust that they're you trust they're working working but there's countless stories of people trying to get them you know the wall street journal every day you know we're trying to get them back to manhattan to the office yeah and they're saying no no yeah Uh, who in their right mind would want to do that commute right after two years after two years of like first of all i think it's about metrics right how do we measure that people are doing their job because my gut feeling is more often incorrect right because my brain is playing tricks on me. So I don't really like you, and I'm, I was always a little bit suspicious, and now whatever signal I'm receiving is just reinforcing that. And I you're going to ignore the good things. 100%. Yeah. So I just need to have objective ma- metrics in place, and then I am evaluating whether you're doing your job or not. That's why I hired you. Now, if part of your culture is to be together and have Friday's barbecues and 4.30 happy hours, I get that. But then you need to hire differently for that, right? Mm. So that comes back to let's not assume anything. Let's make sure you put it all on the table. This is who we are. That's what we expect. If you want to be part of this tribe, come on in. We're going to have a great time together. And if you don't, no hard feelings. Let me know if I can help you find something that makes you happy. Absolutely. You don't want to be saying, you know, this is a remote position, but we want you to be coming in for the barbecues and the happy Correct, hours. right. That would be false advertising, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah we, we don't Could want you that. imagine that, though, working out of your house all week and then once a month there is a Friday get-together and that's when the only time you show up? Yeah. Uh, you know, I personally, I'm more productive here 
Mm-hmm. And radio is a thing. We, we can have people remotely doing their their shows from their house if they so choose sure. at this station to a host. And I'm talking big time, big time radio, Mark Belling show, stuff like that, right? Yeah. They all want to come in, Aaron. They all want to be in the building. Yeah. And it's just there's a certain vibe and culture at work. Yeah. True, but I think... Think about the large percentage of people who are introverts and who do have anxiety, and they can be very, very productive members of your organization. Do you treat them differently then, Matthias? Yeah, I'd be happy to treat them differently. Well, let them work at home. Let, so not it's not an equal playing field. You know, it's not a level playing field. There are every employee. It's a level different. playing field, but you know, there's a difference between treating somebody equally and fairly. You know, we say everybody has to do this, or you're more productive here. We hired you for this reason. You know, so it's right. not always. Yeah. If right, if I'm a, if I want to be a, a truly servant leader, I should be worried about what you need to be the best version of yourself. Tell me what you need, and if I can make that happen within you now the borders of what our organization does, then, then do I should. It. Yeah, I like that. You know, wait, you're another football analogy, and then I'll be done with it, right? Aaron Rodgers does not get treated the same as. Amari Rodgers, the second-year receiver, or he doesn't get treated the same as Aaron. Right. They're totally different players. Yeah. Right. One's the best quarterback in the league, and the other's you know, not really meeting the expectations we thought he would. Well, there, that's an extreme example. Every workplace has that. Everyone has it. and I Every think office. We just have to be honest and transparent about it. As long as we're doing that, I think we're fine. It's when you're trying to hide it and you're trying to be secretive about it, that's when it's you know, creating issues. Hey, do uh, we've got a break, Aaron, a sexy segment right around the corner? Yes, absolutely. That kind of ties in with what we're talking about today with Matthias and business coaching. And the sexy segment is about wealth management and preservation. The Retirement Clinic continues Saturdays at 10 a.m. on News Talk 1130 WISN. Again, to reach out the koalway.com, you can call their office anytime, 262-522-4040 in Waukesha. Racine uh, is your... No, it actually Heartland is your latest. Yeah, Heartland's uh, our latest location. Office. So yeah, we're seeing Heartland, Heartland yeah. and Port Washington up in Ozaukee County, Phoenix, Arizona. We've talked about that. Check out the The Retirement Clinic, the sexy segment with Aaron Kowal, your host here in WISN. Boy, a good discussion. And we'll talk more with Matthias. And hey, if you want to reach out and ask questions during the week, thekowalway.com. What's on the docket today, Aaron? Yeah, we've got the sexy segment. This has nothing to do with business owners, but has to do with um, with with everyone, especially there's a lot of other issues that uh, ways to address this with people that have a million dollars or more. The whole show, the show's generally for everybody. Uh, this this segment's for people, those with a million dollars or more, but anybody can really, I think, glean some uh, some information. So we have a white paper here, and if, you, if anybody's interested in receiving it, just reach out to us. I'm happy to send it to you. But it's smart money moves to make while you're still mentally sharp. Uh, as we age, we tend to lose some of our cognitive abilities. I'm just going to read a little bit from this, uh, from our white paper. We tend to lose some of our cognitive abilities, and that in turn can cause us to make financial decisions that aren't in our best interests. 
Commonly, people experience a degradation of financial decision-making ability and mental sharpness beginning sometime in their 60s or 70s. My wife might say it's already happened to me, but I'm joking. Just kidding. When you consider there are some 10,000 Americans turning 65 every day and all the baby boomers will hit that age by 2030. Isn't that crazy? The issue of cognitive decline and its potential impact on wealth is a truly serious one. So here's some action steps that we can do. So uh, the, the research reveals that our ability to be good stewards of our wealth may decline as we age. Financial literacy scores decline consistently after age 60. Financial decision-making peaks for most of us in our early to mid-50s, while investi- investing skills and start to decline sharply in our 60s and 70s. Bankruptcy filings rose fastest among those age 65 and older. Uh, even mild declines in cognitive performance reveal evidence of diminished financial capabilities. So number one, how do we address this? We can give you all the bad news. Here's how you can address it. Start early. The ideal time to be thinking about how to protect your assets from the impact of cog- cognitive decline is well in advance of when the need arises. Based on the data above, that means during our late 40s or early 50s, for most of us, you can't make a legally binding decision will or set up other legal documents like power of attorney and trusts unless you're considered to be of sound mind. So get those done early. Simplify your financial life. If you've got a lot of balls in the air, that could be pretty tough. Uh, So consider consolidating disparate accounts under one roof. For example, you might place most or or all of your investments with one trusted financial advisor or merge multiple bank accounts into one. Uh, Such clutter reductions can help big time. Uh, Three, have clarifying conversations with family and advisors. Uh, You know, this is what ties in what Matthias was talking about earlier with being open and honest with and having a good flow of communication. Kind of on the same page, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Never assume you're on the same page. Actually, oh yeah, my yeah, my dad wants this. No, dad wants something totally different. Uh, So sit down with people you want to help you navigate through life if your capacity were to become diminished. Uh, Ideally, identify who will help make those sensible financial healthcare and other decisions. Get those documents in place. So number four is set up a review of important legal documents. There's where your intentions meet up with execution. You can intend everything, but if you don't write it down, it doesn't count. Uh, make sure you, I could say, hey, if if I have to put on a ventilator, I want you to pull the plug. You know, well, if that's not written down somewhere, you're, you're going to make some very hard decisions and also take some of those decisions off your kids that, you know, or you can have, I've seen a lot of infighting with kids where, hey, mom said that she wanted this. No, she doesn't. She wants this. Well, oh, let's, that not, can let's get, not make that initial. And that can get scary, you know, yeah, arguments with ugly. kids after mom is gone, you're right. Yeah. So, so well, we've talked about the importance of estate planning, and right. you work with your clients on that. So, yeah, that's all great stuff, Aaron. I know you want to sneak in some final good. In fact, Coach Matias here yeah. wants to give us a little speech before the game. So we're going to come back and hear some final words uh, with Aaron Kowal on WISN. I hear he's a Denver Broncos fan. I'll just slide that in there real quickly. <laughs> Which is okay. There's nothing wrong with Denver. Uh, with the city. With the Broncos. Yeah. Hey, you know what? I, I, I kind of like the Broncos team. And they have what is the quarterback? our old coach. Yeah. Um, oh, a quick break. We'll come back. Stay with us. The Retirement Clinic Saturdays with the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist on News Talk Wrapping up the retirement clinic, Matthias, thank you so much for your time today. If we have questions, how do we reach out to you? Uh, you can call Kowal and they'll 
know how to get in touch with me, or you can find me on LinkedIn. There aren't too many uh, Matthias Bolmus out there. So how do you spell that? Yes. Yeah. Spell that the last, last name. name is spelled B-O-L-L-M-U-S, and the first name M-A-T-T-H-I-A-S. Uh, and I'd always love to just talk to people and hear about their story. So always happy to just grab a tea. And uh, you and I have to talk uh, drumming someday. Too yes, long. we, we do. have more time. Matthias, a pleasure having you on the show, thecoalway.com. Aaron, we've talked about your phone number, 262-522-4040. Yeah, give us a call today. Uh, reach out to us on our website, thecoalway.com. We have a, a place to... Uh, you can request a complimentary consultation. So, you know, the, the end of the year is going to come fast. Um, and we, I mean, the weather's turning already. We've had it's some a, cold It's October days 1st here. I know. This fourth uh, quarter uh, flies by. So, you know, there's always an excuse not to, not to act. Um, and so why not make the decision to act now? Give us a call. Get on the schedule. We at least talk. All it takes is an hour of your time to, to get together and, mm-hmm. and uh, address. See if it's good fit. Good fit either way. Absolutely, Aaron. Um, we're back next week, Saturday. Have a great weekend. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, Aaron Kowal from the Kowal Investment Group, the retirement specialist. Uh, thanks for tuning in uh, next week. Of course, at 10 a.m. right here in WISN, Milwaukee.